milk is not quite ready. <laughs> I just realized. I was going to say, we are not on YouTube. <laughs> this is uh, this is another example of VPN fun. Mm. Okay. So I have to get a verification code. Now, why do we really need a VPN if we're not doing anything illegal? You don't need a, a VPN. I'm putting a VPN just for general security because I've gotten to the point where I'm just sick of all the junk that's out there and like, you know, I don't really want to have to deal with all that junk. Because mm. I have a VPN for my Fire Stick, but that's just... Well, there's that's one example of it, except uh, yeah, this yeah. VPN, it's going to cover... Uh, and by the way, I got myself a, a Fire Stick, so I'm not... <gasps> Generation, how about that? Oh, look at you! Welcome oh, I can... to the 21st century. 21st I century. Will send you the link so you can fire up your fire stick. <laughs> I've already fired it up. I just haven't learned how everything works yet, but got things to do. But anyway, I got but that protected by VPN. All the computers, all the phones, everything's going to be connected and protected by a VPN because yeah. I'm just tired of all this stuff. So facts, facts. Okay, now we're connecting. Here we go. All right, I think we're connected now. No, we're still, it's still asking me for information. Okay. Okay, here we go. Not there it is. All right, let's get started. Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King and Bill G. Today is Tuesday, August the 20th, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York. That's 5 a.m. Los Angeles time, 1 p.m. in London, 9 p.m. in Tokyo, 10 p.m. in Sydney. And God knows what time it is here in the VPN world. But wherever you are, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And uh, yesterday we had a lot of fun with uh, my new VPN, which knocked us completely offline after 10 minutes. We're very confident. I'm very confident. We're good. We've got that one licked. It's going to be good today. Yeah, um, we're fine. You know, when, once you get everything hooked together, it does operate, and that's the main thing. So I, I'm looking forward to a good show, and I'm, I'm going to stay in that positive vein. And, and if it doesn't work out that way, then it just means that I'm going to stay positive. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So all accessories on, and uh, they are not flashing. They're just they're just brilliantly lit, which is you know her normal default mode. That's when you know that she's like taxiing for a takeoff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I'm, that's when I'm on the tarmac. You're on the tarmac. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> so we haven't talked in a few days. Now I'm talking to you via VPN. So uh, you know I can't say it's a whole lot different. But how how's it going? <laughs> It's going good. I've been uh, pretty relaxed after I had a couple of procedures done uh, since I last talked to you guys. And um, nothing cosmetic, unfortunately. Mm. Um, (laughs) I had had to get a biopsy of my stomach because I'm still having that vomiting issue. And, yeah, so we get the results of that at the end of this week. And then something else is wrong with my back. They basically have to stick a hot poker in my back to kill the nerve. I was like, okay, this sounds fun. Oh, fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. This reinforces for me the importance of focusing on what it is that we like, because we got to get you healed here. I mean, this is just not acceptable, <laughs> girl. It just isn't. <laughs> well, I've come to the conclusion that after we kill this nerve, that, that that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. With All the I can old, say is that nerve has a lot of nerve. You know, yeah, so. it sure does. It does. It's my last I mean, nerve. It's yeah. my last nerve. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's to the nerve. <laughs> 
And Bill's very quietly sitting there, leaning his uh, chin yeah. on his, on his uh, hand there, just waiting to be uh, brought in. So yeah, that's can, okay. So he can take over the conversation because he loves to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get me on a tangent. I just, you know, I got to make my point. Um, Even the points are tangents for you. I mean, they're all tangents. Everything's a tangent. It's funny. You know, I'm I'm actually a rather shy person. (laughs) Believe it or not, I actually am a shy person when I'm around people. You know, especially large groups of people, I'm very shy. Uh, but um, you get me in front of a group of people or put a microphone in my hand, oh, gosh, it's over. It's the, <laughs> the podcast animal comes out. I don't even want to talk about microphones this week. Let's continue. You were saying, Bill? Uh, oh, well, I, um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a microphone hotspot here. Okay. Okay. Well, Stay off that button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> things have been going okay. Uh, business is good. Um uh, my, uh, a few weeks ago, my wife, uh, actually in the beginning of July, she opened up a uh, pain clinic. She expanded her practice to do a pain clinic and that's been doing quite well. And in fact, uh, in addition to just doing, uh, acupuncture pain, uh, we're, we're getting into the realm of CBD. Uh, so, uh, we're doing a CBD oil. Uh, Ooh, we, send me some. We found a really, really good product. Do you have gummies? Uh, huh? Do you have gummies? Oh, not gummies, but uh, they got candy, they got chocolate, uh, but it's a um, uh, high dosage, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, good for pain and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's, all that. Uh, all uh, that. They, they, and it's it's funny. They, these were the people who happened to be sitting next to me at the Mind Body Soul Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nina was having a bad day at home, and she said. Uh, go talk to him. And so I went to go talk to him because th- I mean, the thing about CBD, there's a lot of bad product out there. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's fairly unregulated at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to change soon. But right now, uh, if you get your CBD from like a gas station, or whatever, you're getting like water and THC. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, um, it's, it's not very good product out there. So it's, and finding out who's got the good product is a matter of just taking whatever they've got and seeing how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel better, then you've got a good product. If it makes you not feel better, then you've got a bad product. And it's and the thing is, for people who don't know what they're looking for, mm-hmm. um, they'll just assume that it doesn't work and then say that you know CBD doesn't work. Yeah. But if you get good pro, if you find a good product, um, it's very very good at. Um, uh, reducing anxiety, reducing inflammation, uh, and so we're going to get into that world and see how it works. Cool beans. The, 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 the one thought that kept going through my mind, though, when you first described what you just described was a pain clinic. Like, is this a clinic run by Dr. Frankenstein? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that's what it sounds like when you well, when you describe. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's a phrase that needs to change in some way. I know, it's but it's, what's funny about that is because we have we have called it other things. We've have called we've called it like acupuncture clinic. We've called it wellness and whatever. And the thing is, the the clients don't come. Right. They're, they the clients come. You got to stick when, with the society's word association for the moment. And, and, it's, we also, and also, we we took a seminar. You know, we we had a mentorship um, earlier this year, and the way to fill your holistic practice is um, name the pain. 
speak to the pain. Yeah, but, but, but to me, I think I would, I would want to at least modify it by saying like pain elimination or pain reduction or, or something along that line. Well, it's pain, a pain, pain clinic. relief. It's a pain clinic. Clinic is pain where relief. you relief pain clinic. Acupuncture well, pain clinic. Maybe it's just my mind. Pain clinic could mean a pain inducing clinic. So well, <laughs> either way, I mean, I don't know where you're going, but if, if, if you're thinking to yourself, that needle's going to hurt. <laughs> And they don't, you know, and you had acupuncture before, the, the, the needles do not, it's not like getting blood drawn. It's not right. like, it's not mm-hmm. like, it's the, the, the needles are like, you know, they're the, the size of a fiber optic cable. They're tiny. I know. Well, I, believe me, I understand that, but I'm looking at it from the marketing perspective and I'm asking myself, right. what's going to, I mean, I understand why to use the word pain. I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what's going to induce the pain inflicted victim to want to come to you? Well, it, it's very interesting, but we thought for sure that calling it a pain clinic would move, have people turn away, but in fact, it's bringing them in. Mm-hmm. It, it's having that opposite effect. So it is attracting more of the, the type of client that Nina's looking for. And when the type mm-hmm. of client Nina's looking for are ones that she can help right away and using this new uh, Dr. Tan method, and it's working. It's it's doing a great job. So um, the people who are coming in, I mean, she had this guy, his truck. Uh, the, just a quick story: this guy was a truck driver, and his he had so much pain in his wrists uh, due to inflammation that he couldn't even move it up like twenty degrees without excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. And his doctor, um, and he was taking um, opiates for it. And his doctor now refuses to prescribe the opiates anymore yep. because he, they didn't want him to get hooked. Mm-hmm. And so um, he started self-medicating with alcohol. Oh, boy. Which is, you know, that's where people go. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they can't medicate, self-medicate from, the, um, from opiates. They go to alcohol. And the guy's a truck driver. I was yeah. going to say, how's that working out? Yeah, not it's, well. it's not going to work out very well. And um, she... Uh, in one treatment, she, I mean, he could barely move his arm, his hand, and at the end of the treatment, he had full range of motion and no pain at all. Wow. And he was saying to her, what the F did you do to my wrist? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a great, I mean, one that was at the end of one treatment. That's pretty wild. Uh, so, you know, the, the method that she's using right now works extremely well. And, you know, and again, this would be, this guy would also be a good candidate for, um, for CBD because of the fact that you take that over time, it'll help also reduce that inflammation, keep that inflammation down. And so that way he can do his job without, you know, resorting to drugs or to alcohol. So I, you know, a success story right away and those kinds of success stories just, um, you know, they, they spread like wildfire. You know, this guy's going to tell all his buddies down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. I, I got to ask a question, though, here. I'm wondering now, because I, I, I hear what you're saying. I totally get it, that people are responding just to the word pain. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is kind of like symptomatic of the overall human tendency to focus on what we don't want. That mm-hmm. would be, Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, if if you ask them to focus on what they want, they don't come. But if you ask them to focus on what they don't want, they come. Right, right. But when you get there, you can ask them to focus on what they want. 
Oh, yeah. You just, you just got to get them in the door. Also, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, when you're talking about in a clinical setting, if you're, if you're, the title of it is focusing on what you want, like wellness, the mm-hmm. wellness is kind of a nebulous word. You know, it can mean a lot of things. Uh, well, where, well, well, it's also been kind of overused and abused by right. the traditional healthcare industry, which now has successfully equated wellness in the human subconscious mind with being sick in a hospital. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> now, see, yes. when I hear wellness, I hear uh, yoga, meditation. You know, all the Eastern medicines. And, it, is and what I hear a whole a whole menu of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when I hear pain clinic, I'm like, okay, I have pain. I got to go to the pain clinic. This is this is how it helps. Right. I just know that almost every hospital in the area. Describes itself as a wellness center. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, I see that. <laughs> well, you're on the Cape. I mean, you don't even part, of, you're not even part of the country. You're like off on this island. <laughs> I know, right? We're totally separate, but we have, we have wellness centers and we have pain, and we have pain clinics and we have hospitals. So, ah, right. okay. Yeah. We, we got all three too. We got wellness. Yeah. The wellness centers are usually your, uh, the minute clinics are taking up that name too. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the emergent care things that, you know, they, they're calling themselves wellness centers. And we looked into a few of them when we first moved into the area as, you know, possibilities of, you know, getting, uh, for Nina to get like part-time gigs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh no, we don't do Eastern medicine. We just do, you know, Western medical model. We do, we have a, you know, we have an MD, we got a, we got an orthopedic surgeon and whatever. It's like, then why are you calling yourselves a, why don't you just call yourselves a, a clinic? Why do you have to right. call wellness center or they'll they'll have one massage therapist that they call in on occasion and call themselves a wellness (laughs) (laughs) interesting md's leveraging a massage therapist this is interesting okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean you would thought it would go the other way around but apparently not when i think wellness center i'm thinking of uh a chiropractor an acupuncturist a massage therapist Yep. An herbal, uh, someone who, a, a naturopathic doctor, you know, you know, a, a full one-stop shop. You're going to, you're going to feel better when you walk out of here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And we're not well, going to, and we're not going to give you drugs. CBD <laughs> <laughs> doesn't count as a drug. No, it's natural. No, it's actually, it's considered an herb, which is one of the reasons why big pharma can't really can't get her hand, their hands on it at the moment. Yep. Well, I'm sure there's a whole discussion we could have about that, but that's actually not the topic for today. No, that is not the topic. <laughs> Instead, Alex came up with a very good topic. I'm not sure where this one came from. I mean, does this have like an origin somewhere or did it just come to you or what? Someone had asked me that the other day and I was like, Oh, I, I like that. <laughs> no, okay. That's good. Well, then it's your topic. I'll let you introduce it. Okay. So the topic of the day is if you could speak to your, to- your past self, what would you tell them? Mm, it has all kinds of possibilities too. Mm. I mean, we were talking about it before the podcast began, and I mean, if you go negative on it and tell your your past self some really lousy stuff, what does that do to your present self? Right. On the other hand, if you go tell your past self something really nice, what does it do for your present self? Mm. It's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's kind of the same when you're, you know, uh, sometimes like you know, I sit down with my 11 year old and I talk to him about you know, giving him advice to the world. And sometimes he just tells me to, to shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure our well, parents did the same thing, but. <laughs> well, well, that's another question. What if you go to talk to your past self and your past self doesn't want to listen? 
Well, you yeah. would know at what age you need to go talk to yourself that way where you're going to actually listen. <laughs> but I don't know. Good, I don't. You're actually, Walt's got a good point there because I don't know because when you each decade of your life, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they've they've shown this through uh, psychology, you know, in in terms of where you are in your life, when you know, when you're in your teens, you're in that, you know, conquer the world. Ex- exploratory phase mm-hmm. and then when you're in your 20s you're kind of you're you're still in that indestructible phase but it, you're you're kind of trying to settle in you're trying to play adults <laughs> you're trying to do the adult thing you think you know when, everything yeah yeah and then when you're in your 30s you realize how stupid you actually are and then, you, and, then, <laughs> and then you're then you're trying to figure yourself out and then when you're in your 40s then you you know then you're really starting to hit your stride and then you're over the hill. Yeah, and then and then when you're in your fifties, suppose then then you re, then you find you have to re you're reinventing yourself in your fifties. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit your sixties, it's like okay, all right, now it's it's time to to, to smooth this uh, smooth the road out, see where we can where where we're going here, and and then again when you hit your mid sixties. In seventies, then you're reinventing yourself again. Then you're trying to do do something completely different, or at least you should be. In term, and you know that's kind of a, a healthy progression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not all of us follow a healthy progression, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> does anybody follow a straight line? I don't think anybody does. No, no. You no. shouldn't follow a straight line. No, no. it's way more exciting to dash across the street back and forth. That's right. Yeah, that's what contrast is all about. Dipping mm-hmm. your toe in and sometimes, you know, dipping your toe in up to the neck. Yeah. Yep. In yeah. waters. It was, it's, 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 it, I describe something very linear here, and we already know that time is not linear. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. There's also a, a, another piece of it, though. I mean, I, I, I think what you described, Bill, was a, a good timeline. It kind of covered a lot of possibilities, but it was good. Um, but the thing that occurs to me is it's kind of like, talking to somebody right now, forget about timeline, forget mm-hmm. about past, present, future self, just you're talking to somebody else right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're talking to them about something to, that is presumably going to help them in some way. Mm-hmm. Unless they already have bought into the idea of that conversation, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So with the same thought in mind, that same rule is going to apply to us in our past. Mm-hmm. Unless we're approaching ourselves at a time in our past when we're receptive, that that's what that was my point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be receptive to it. And, yeah, and you know, honestly, how often can you look back to your own past and say to yourself, "Well, I was, I was receptive for most of you know the, that ten year period." Like, no, most of us are not receptive. That's the right. whole point. We wouldn't be having all the difficulties we have if we were receptive, right? So, to me, the question is, how do you know where what which part of yourself to go back to? What part, where do you go back in the timeline? How do you decide, okay, this particular point in the timeline, I know I can be receptive there. I will tell you right now, 16 is when I would go back. 16, okay. 16. Now, why is that? Um, I was struggling in school because I didn't know I was autistic, so I wasn't getting the help that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, I also feel like throughout my life, I have been receptive to a lot of things, and I feel like if if myself came back and was like, hey, hey, ears up, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, all right, all right, hold on. Let me let me listen to what this chick's got to say because, you know, she's got, she's got a little edge on things, so let's uh, see, what's, see what's happening. 
But yeah, I would, um, tell myself a lot of things. Uh, don't be afraid to be you. Uh, don't try to fit into anyone's box. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be in a rush to grow up because adulting sucks. <laughs> Listen to Rocco's Modern Life. He knows what it's all about. Um, <laughs> acquire stock in Amazon and Google. <laughs> yes, right. Don't buy Yahoo, right? <laughs> no, not Yahoo. <laughs> or no, MySpace that... or... <laughs> Yahoo, that was the hot stock of the 1990s. Yeah, ooh, that worked out real well. <laughs> and I think the last thing I would say would be like, do anything. Thing your amazing little mind will allow you to do because you will always have support. Well, I especially like those last bit. Mm-hmm. And even as you were describing that, you were you were helping me kind of decide what I would say to my past self. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that I, I realized that I would say is, or more precisely what I would not say is, don't do this, don't do that. What mm-hmm. I would say is, I suggest this, I suggest that. In other words, focusing yeah. Yeah. on what it is that I want. Mm-hmm. And what, what it is that I presume my, my 15 year old self or whatever wants as well, <laughs> you know, from what I can remember. I mean, we like to think back and say, Oh yeah, I knew exactly but where I was at. I, you know, I, I was uh, a wallflower. I wasn't very confident. So for, yeah, I know myself, but did I really? Mm. And you know, if I look back, do I, do I really understand what that self was all about? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. but I'm, I'm not there anymore. I'm, I'm a much more confident person than I was back then. I, I remember being, you know, lack of confidence in that kind of thing. Does that mean that I actually know being that person? Mm-hmm. I did then. You know, I, I, and these are the questions that are in my mind as I, I think about this. It's a great idea being able to go back and talk to yourself, but I think there's also a bit of a minefield there, and and it's not. I don't think it's quite that straightforward to negotiate it. I think no, there's, it's not. there's more to it. Because it's like Bill was saying earlier. It's like you don't want to take yourself off the track that you are on to create the person that you are today. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said I would use like little tidbits of healthy advice as opposed to saying, Hey, Hey, don't go to that club next Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you don't want to, you want to steer yourself off, off of the track because the mistakes you made and the, and the consequences you learned from them created the person that you are today, which is why you have such great advice to give to your past self. And the things we know about timelines and stuff like that, you, know, you don't, you want to, you don't want to rock the future by giving too much information away anyway. Yeah. I never, I never worry about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have to work under the assumption here that who you are right now is not going to be affected by whatever you say to yourself back then. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of giving the advice to someone completely different. <laughs> well, no, I think there is going to be a consequence. I think yeah. one does lead to the other. Um, I just don't think the timeline is going to break because of it. But, right, right. Uh, what the, what I do wonder though is maybe we shouldn't be starting the conversation off with advice. Maybe we should be starting the conversation off with what would you like to know? Oh, from well, no, because the, then you get the whole butterfly effect situation going. What do you mean? Because if if your past self is is asking what would you like to know, like no, what? no, 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 us going back and asking the past self what would you like to know? Right, but um, the information you give them. Could have, butterfly, could have butterfly effects to, to the future. And then you might turn out to be a whole different person than who you are today. Well, if I went back in time to my teenage self, mm-hmm. uh, and that was in the, mid, in the mid-1980s. Well. 
Um, the first thing um, that teenage self would be happy to see is that I was still alive, and the world. <laughs> <laughs> we were all reckless as teens. I mean, I don't know, but the, we'd all be surprised the, the, the that we're alive. That, that, that you know, because you know, we're still talking height of the Cold War, and oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you, if you didn't live through it, I can see why you wouldn't think about it. But what those of us who did live through it, it was on the back of your mind every single day. Absolutely, it never went away. Yeah, I was too young to know like right. what was what was happening. And and good for you. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I graduated high school was the year. It was the year the um the the Berlin Wall came down. You know, it was, that, that, that wow. was a shock. Right. Right. It happened a lot faster than people thought it was going to. It really did. Yeah. I mean, you knew it had to eventually collapse, but the way it came down was really quick. Very. Yes. Yes. Really. Uh, you know, it, because, you know, two years earlier, they were still, you know, it was still Eastern Bloc. It was still, you know, it was still um, the Stasi and all that stuff was still going on. So it was mm-hmm. it was quite a shock. Uh, so yeah, that would be the first thing my teenage self would want to know is, hey, you're still alive. You're still alive, right. Good on you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think the second thing my teenage self would probably want to know is, um, uh, am I a millionaire yet? Facts. <laughs> I think everybody, everyone's teenage self wants to know that. No, I actually I can attest to the fact that that's not true. Wow! Not, really? not, not, not because of me, but because I had a conversation with somebody who I don't know how young she was, but she was fairly young mm-hmm. online in which she absolutely could not believe how many people are trying to use the law of attraction to get money into their lives. Mm-hmm. And the reason that she didn't believe it is she thought it was universal that everyone understood that you cannot be happy by having more money. Right. <laughs> and, and when I pointed out to her that, no, there are actually a lot of people who believe that if they have more money, they feel more abundant, and therefore they're going to feel happier. She kind of bought into it, but you could almost—I mean, obviously you can't see her; it's posting right now. Yeah. But but you could almost see the eyes getting wide, like, "Oh my God, how crazy is this world that I'm living in?" <laughs> right, right. So That's not funny. everybody, not everybody has that kind of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and the piece of advice I would give myself at that age is don't afraid to be you, mm-hmm. uh, because at the time um, I was still living very much in my twin brother's shadow, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where people barely even knew I existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they 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 knew I existed, existed, but they mm-hmm. but I existed as a pair. <laughs> <laughs> You were a package deal. I was a package, <laughs> yes, I was a package deal. Um, and then uh, the next piece of advice would be to um, take care, uh, uh, be aware of the company you keep because they are, um, it's, an, it's usually a reflection on how you feel about yourself. Uh, and uh, because, again, at the time I was um, hanging out with, um, uh, some people that I today I wouldn't hang out with because mm. it was a um, uh, you know it was, I was going through that teenage struggling to fit in type of thing mm-hmm. and um, I had some interesting adventures but at the same time um, I what I didn't realize is how other how other people especially my family were um, very concerned about me. 
because of the company I was keeping. Wow. And, um, you know, no, there was no intervention or anything like that, but I see now that how that influenced me mm-hmm. and not necessarily for the better. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much, too specifics. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that would, those, that would be the two pieces of advice I would give my teenage self. Mm-hmm. Mm. If I'm giving my, if my teenage self asks me for advice, I'm going to start off with that. And yeah. I'm giving advice to my teenage self. I think the thing I'm going to recommend more than anything else is instead of going for the money, go for the passion. Right. Right. And yeah. is that, that there's actually a current story that goes with that. Louise and I were, let's see, was this, I think it was part of the visit to the Cape, actually. Uh, Hi. I, think, I think it was the day after we visited with you, Alex. Uh, we went to, we were in uh, Chatham, I believe, in the shopping mm-hmm. district there, and went into the shop, and Louise was shopping for stuff and so forth. And toward the end of the, of the visit, Louise checked out her stuff, and there was a young girl who was getting ready to go to school who was checking us out, and she said she was going to attend Fairfield University here in Connecticut. So I said, oh, great. You know, what, what, what are you going to major in at Fairfield? She says, oh, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. So I said to her, well, my recommendation is go for your passion. Don't go for the money. Yes. And, and her first response, the very first words out of her mouth were, boy, you don't hear that these days. You sure oh, don't. Sure you don't. don't hear that. Everybody's going after the money. Mm-hmm. So apparently the advice holds true even to today. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's what I would tell myself. Because what that, what that means is in order to go after your passion, and my, my teenage self would have been saying to me, but I don't know what my passion is. Mm-hmm. And my response would have been, then just start trying things. Like, yeah. Try as many things as you, as you can possibly try. Try, just try one after another. Try them quickly. Don't spend a lot of time on them. Just keep going until you find something that just really grabs your attention and go with it for a bit and see if that's really becoming a passion for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And what a lot of people don't realize too is that, um, when you follow your passion, the money usually follows. Oh, yes. yes. That was something I was raised on. So it was always implied. Like whenever I came up with a bright idea, like when I told my parents, oh, I'm going to quit my job and become a stand-up comedian. I was like, cool. What else? <laughs> cool mom. Cool. Yeah. yeah. As long as we we were allowed to do whatever we wanted, as long as we had a backup plan, if if it didn't follow through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, I, in fact, I've got a, uh, I have a client right now, actually 19 years old and trying mm-hmm. to, uh, he's a freshman at uh, UVM and uh, trying to figure out what am I going to do. Uh, you know, he's 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 now into his second semester and he's a biology major and he's like, I I really don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I love biology, but I have no idea. I'm not into pre med. You know, I don't want to go pre med. I don't want to you know become a doctor. But what do I do with this? And so what about a lab assistant? Well, again, we're going to we, we're going to figure we're going to figure out what his passion is. You, mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. you know, that's going to that's part of the um, the, uh, the the therapy that we're going to go through is to figuring mm-hmm. out what his passion is, and then once we figure out what his passion is, then we can uh, clear the blocks to that passion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And, and by the way, this is a great example of why it's important to try little things, try try one thing after another. Right. Um, because even though he has, I mean, he, he certainly has a uh, head start. He has identified he likes biology. Okay, right. good. So you got That's something great. you like. But now we live in the age of specialization. So let's let's start looking at the different specializations and mm-hmm. see if any of those float your boat instead of just doctor you know, right, right, or lab right. assistant. Because, I mean, there are like dozens, there are hundreds of specializations now that 
many of which could fall under doctor, many of which could fall under lab assistant. Mm-hmm. Right. right. My, yeah. uh, my, uh, my, I have a pair of identical twin uh, nephews. <laughs> Runs of the family. Actually, ah. Basically the sons of my identical twin. So that was uh-huh. actually skipped a generation, but it didn't this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, and one of them is just now starting an apprenticeship as an electrician because mm-hmm. he discovered that he has a passion for electronic for you know, ele- you know electronics, mm-hmm. um, you know, or electronic contracting, you know, wiring okay. a house, that kind of thing. He 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 has a passion for that, uh, but his brother has absolutely no idea what he wants to do with his life, mm-hmm. and so he is um, he's really artistic and he likes to cook. And so he's going to the local community college this semester mm-hmm. to, just to try, you know, just to throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Good way to do it. And doing, and doing it at a community college, you spend a heck of a lot less money than going to a four-year no college. Facts. <laughs> no Facts. kidding. Yeah. And you can and- live at home and whatever, you know, that way you can still, you know, kind of, you don't have to completely leave the nest. You can still figure stuff out. Plus, there's yeah. another advantage to a community college. Unlike a, 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 a what we'll call perhaps a higher grade college, yeah, typically, yeah. if you go to that higher grade college, you'll find maybe one or two courses that are sort of general interest about whatever your topic is. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. at a community college, you'll find dozens. So yeah. you can literally start trying things one after another at a community college in a way you really can't do it another at a, at a four year university. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, for you, university wants to track you almost, you know, from the get go. They want from to be day one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. They, w- they want to lock you in. Right. I would also. We count on you in four years. <laughs> <laughs> and I changed my major. I think everybody changes their major when once mm-hmm. they go into college too. I, I started out as a theater major and ended up doing history. <laughs> I don't even know anyone who's using their degree that they got in college now. Like, <laughs> I, I'm certainly not. <laughs> well, I, I use my degree just not during a living. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends on what you call use. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. I, I use my degree every day, yes. My, my well, I use my degree every problem. time I wash my hair, so. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. But it's true. It's very it true. true. And, and, right. and that kind of leads to the second thing I'd recommend to uh, my younger self if my younger self was still interested in listening after hearing the first thing that I recommended. <laughs> but if he's still interested in learning more, then the second thing I'm going to recommend is don't go to college. Mm. Or put it more precisely, don't go to college unless you have a really, really good reason to pursue your passion in college. Mm-hmm. Right. Go to the parties, but don't go to college. I mean, <laughs> I won't even go there. <laughs> In part because I did. <laughs> so that's the route I went. I went to the parties, but I didn't go to college. I was like, well, nah. At the very least, you'll save a lot of money. Right? I definitely did. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, when, when I went to school, people are going to faint when they hear this. My entire college loan when I was done with school was $7,000. Are you serious? Which, which yeah. was astronomical compared I to what know. my father went through. Are you? I paid more than that for hair school. Are you serious I, right I now? I am dead serious. I am dead serious. Seventy five hundred. I went to hair actually. school for nine months yeah. and I paid ten grand. Yeah. Yeah. Get the. 
Now, part of part of that is monetary expansion and and devaluing the purchasing power of the dollar. That's where part of that is. But part of it is just the incredible inflation that's going on with college education costs. Right, right. Well, well, college education inflation, I I think they said is uh, was triple standard inflation, and that's the. Yeah, and that was the oh, see, that, that, that was, that was, that's triple. That <laughs> you didn't see it the first time. <laughs> what was that college? What college info, in, in inflation? College, college inflation. inflation. Tuition. College tuition inflation. Yeah. At, um, over the last thirty years or so, has outpaced inflation by about ten times. It's it's an, 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 oh, it's it enormous. Was, and and it's all due to the uh, the availability of uh, student loans. Yep. Mm. Exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Student loans started coming around uh late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. Up until that point, my dad went to a small but very good college called Union College in Bethany, mm-hmm. New York. And that college today, I don't know what exactly what their tuition is. I'm gonna guess it's in the range of fifteen to twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. When he went to school it was five hundred dollars. Right. Oh. That shows you just how much inflation is going on. I'm gonna right. pass out. <laughs> and, my, uh, and and this is another reason why my uh, nephew decided not to go to college and instead went to become a you know a, a, an apprentice uh, electrician instead mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because he looked at the high cost of college and was like what is a college degree going to do for me in that career and right. the answer right. is not a heck of a lot in fact no. probably next to nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. This I'll be true. I'll be making a heck of a lot more money in a shorter period of time doing, yep. going this route, and the classes that I need in order to get my certification as an electrician, if I am an official apprentice, they pay for it. Right, right. So there's it's, it's a no brainer if yeah. you have a passion for building trades, and you can get into a, a union or a um, an apprenticeship program. Um, you won't have a massive. You won't have a student loan burden after after you're all done. Mm-hmm. Very right, especially right now. There's an extremely high demand for that particular career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when I was younger, you know, again going back in time, that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It was all about go to college, go to college. If you didn't go to college, you were a loser. That's it. Yep. <clears throat> and so, you know. It was just a foregone conclusion. You go to college and you amass a, a massive student loan burden. Uh, my wife and I together, we both have master's degrees, and we our student loan burden is a, a house, a nice house. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a house, a nice house. <laughs> See, my generation, we uh, it was it was. You could go to college if you wanted to. You could not go to college. You could do your own thing. And I have zero debt. Just saying. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot, and a of, lot of a lot of my people in my class were, went the military route just because of the student loan debt. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, let's let's get that GI Bill kicking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the irony, though, with the, the, the GI Bill is it doesn't cover a whole thing. No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> But it does cover a lot, especially yes, if you're a veteran. Yeah. You just have to get through that. You just have to get through the first part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully not get called to war. You know that mm-hmm. that part. <laughs> um. So why don't we why don't we fast forward it a little bit to uh our if we went back in time and talked to 
ourselves in our mid mid to late twenties or early early thirties. Okay, so I, that's where I am now. <laughs> okay. My my message actually doesn't change, believe it or not. Okay. My message remains the same. I, I, the part about college perhaps goes away, although I could actually replace that with graduate school and have the same meaning. But right. All, really, my my message remains the same. Go with your passion. Go, yeah. I think that is so universal, it applies to every area of our lives from zero to death. Right. I don't think there's ever a time when it's not the most important thing, following the passion. Yeah. Well, my my first piece of advice to my myself in my mid-20s, early 30s would be um, stop trying to live up to what other people expect of you or what you yeah, think that's good. people expect. <laughs> that's why I said don't try to fit in anyone else's box. Yeah. Right. Right. And and I think that's especially true for somebody who's in their late 20s, early 30s, because you're at that age when you are trying to you are trying to fit into Mm. what society expects of you Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, I got to be I have to adult now. And what does that mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. That means I have to own a house. I need to you know, I need to have the car. I need to have the, the the job and all that stuff. So I I need to be responsible, you know, have responsibilities. And, um, and, that, <laughs> and that means giving up on your passion a lot of times because now you, 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 now you have to go after the money because if you're not going after the money, you're not, you're not being a good citizen. You are not, you're not supporting your family the way you should be supporting your family and all that stuff. And again, it's, it's again, living up that expectation. So that's mm-hmm. exactly the advice I would give, my past self from my late twenties, early thirties, uh, because you know my my son wasn't born until I was thirty seven, thirty eight years old. So how um, old are you, sir? What is happening? <laughs> he's thirty nine. He's celebrating anniversaries. That's of his a lie. Birthday. No, no, he didn't have the rest turn- of it. That's all. He, he just he's just, just celebrating just, anniversaries just, just of his thirty ninth birthday. I'll be, turn- I'll be turning forty nine in October. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I, By the way, I, I like something you, you said. Though. Thank you for for thank you for thinking that I was younger. <laughs> it's when you don't have your glasses on. I'm like, what? I'm very confused with age these days. I, nobody yes. looks the way they should. <laughs> I put the glasses on. I look a lot older, especially yeah, you look, when, I, when I'm looking it's at very substitute featureish. Like yeah. <laughs> You just touched on something, though, Alex. You touched on something very important. Mm. The perceptions about what constitute age no longer apply. Yes. They're agreed. shifting. They're shifting yeah. dramatically. And I think yeah. that is directly attributable, at least within our law of attraction circles, to people being more attuned with who they are. Mm-hmm. They may not even understand why they're doing it. They may not know anything about law of attraction. Yeah. But they're more in tune with who they are. And by being that... They are living a happier life, and by living a happier life, they're staying younger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's just A leads to B leads to C. By the way, Bill, I, I also like something else that you said. I wanted to kind of piggy, piggyback on it. Okay. And that is, to my, I'll, I'll say it a little bit differently from the way you said it. To my early 20s person or mid-20s or 20-something person, I would say, you are enough. Mm-hmm. You haven't been hearing this, but you are enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you can ignore all of the stuff that you've been told about how you're not good enough or you're not acceptable enough or you're not attractive enough. Or, no, you're enough. In fact, you're more than enough. And the only thing that's lacking is your belief that you're enough. 
So I've been told I'm a lot. So I got the opposite. Not only are you enough, you're a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's funny. You you can take that one or two ways. Don't take that the bad way. Yeah, right, right. I don't. I'm a delight. I I know I am. It's fine. (laughs) I would tell my late 20 self, um, you are not a burden. Oh, yeah. Because that was height of my suicide years. And mm. that was the one main theme is I'd be better mm. off. It, people would be better off if I wasn't here. It would be easier for everyone else if I wasn't here. And I think if someone just told me, you're not a burden on us, it would put us probably stopped it right there. Mm. You needed your own version of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. In color, please. In color. <laughs> It's better in black and white, man. No, man. It so, it so isn't. And there's the generational gap right there. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to shock you by saying I think it's better in color. <laughs> Yay! And there's another thing I would tell myself. Is you're always right. You're always I didn't, right. I didn't learn that until the last two years. Like, think about it. If you think about your past, Alex, you have always been right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, this is where I like the Abraham thing. You can't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do that. Yeah. Every, no matter how much somebody else might say what you're taking is a misstep, no, no matter how much you might say that what you're taking is a misstep, mm-hmm. you're still right. You're following yeah. the path that you need to follow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you're not getting it wrong. You're getting it right. You're just doing it in a different way. <laughs> exactly. That's why you don't subscribe to what society says because you're. Yeah. everyone is different and everyone is is taking a different path. So you can't base yourself on like Instagram life goals. Like it's too much, too much stress and too much pressure. Now, one thing that my younger self would have told me, and I still believe it to be true is society's crazy. Facts. I mean, I, cause I've Facts. believed that all of my life. And you know, if I had asked my 10 year old self, my 10 year old self would have told me society is crazy. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what my 16-year-old self would have asked me. Was like, is it still hard out here for a pimp? Girl, you don't even know. <laughs> These streets, man. These streets. Uh, she probably would have asked me, are we married yet? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I would have told her, don't be in a rush because adulting sucks. So <laughs> as soon as you get married is when you have to start paying taxes. So don't do you, don't be in a rush. <laughs> Um, wait a minute, there's, there's a flaw in that theory. <laughs> there is a flaw in that theory. In, in our path, in our path. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay, okay. <laughs> when, when I'm doing tax season, I have I usually have a lot of couples that come see me who mm. are not married, and so I'm doing separate returns for them, and I'm like, yeah. you know, you can save a lot of money. By getting married. <laughs> by getting married. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, true. Consolidate the debt. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, to consolidate the obligation. They've been living together for a while. They've already got like a, two, a one or two kids together, and like, I mean, no, you can make this a lot easier on yourselves. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> what are you waiting for? Like, put it put it this way: if you were married, you'd have the down payment for the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bit of what an eye opener. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Alex. We're, we're up to the 30s at this point. You're in your 30s. So I'm going to kind of reverse the question for you. What do you want okay. your 50-year-old person to come and ask you? 
or or give you advice on, I should say. Uh, hmm. That's an interesting question. My 50-year-old self. Yeah. Because this kind of ties into thinking about what it is that we really like and want. Mm-hmm. Instead of, uh, we've illustrated a number of different ways in this conversation, and you can just find it out in society all the time. We've illustrated, we've illustrated a number of different ways that people will will focus on what it is they don't like and don't want. And, mm-hmm. and we'll, even in the way we communicate to ourselves, we were talking about it. We often are saying, don't do this, don't do that. Don't, you know, we're focusing on what we don't like yeah. and don't want, you know. Mm-hmm. But now you get the opportunity to figure out what it is that you like and you want that you want advice on. Um, I would want to know. And did I become the next Shonda Rhimes? Uh-huh. And I and I'm actually reading her book or listening to it because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and she was saying that she wanted to be the next Toni Morrison, but then she realized one day she can't. Do, she can't do that. You can't be busy trying to be someone else right. because that person already exists. So you right. have to be the next you. So am I the next me is my question. <laughs> that's a good question. What do you think yeah. the answer is? Yes, because I'm always the next me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's just yeah. which, which, where are we at this point? Can you think of anything to ask your future self that you don't know the answer to yet? Uh, same thing my 16-year-old self said. Are we married yet? <laughs> Are we married yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know and... what the priority is in Alex's life. <laughs> um, how is, how, how is my family? That's, that's ah. you know, something I'd want to know, you know? Yeah, okay. And, and Bill, you're almost at the point of being that 50-year-old self. Yeah. So... <laughs> We'll, we'll, I don't know we'll, why we'll, that's so funny to me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll kind of blur the boundaries and say, okay, so you're the 50-year-old self. What are you going to say to your 35-year-old self? 50, oh, uh, what I said to my 35-year-old self is, um, oh, geez. Uh, I would say. Um, this conversation isn't going that, well. <laughs> I, would, I, would say, I would say um, uh, try to stop taking things so personally. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's something I would say. That's something I would say now to my thirty-five-year-old self. I would say that to your forty-year-old self now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't take that personally. (laughs) I would say work on yourself. um, Make -hmm. yourself your highest priority. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I would also say. Uh, stop trying to fix everybody. Mm. Um, you know, start with yourself and just go with yourself. And um, and then whatever whatever advice you can give to somebody after that, you can speak from a position of experience mm. rather than something you read in a book someplace. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. Hmm. Um, I would also say to my my thirty five year old self, don't worry, you will be a father soon. <laughs> <laughs> because at that point in my life, I had resigned myself to never that I will never have any kids. That you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, even though we'd been married for a while, uh, uh, we'd gotten to the point where we enjoyed our freedom. Hmm. 
and you know, we were getting into our mid to upper thirties and we were like, okay, clock's ticking. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, why don't, you know, and so we, we, we talked about it a lot. Are we going to let this, are we going to let this clock run out? And, uh, you know, and then we tried once and we, we got pregnant and then it ended in a miscarriage. Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. so again, we were like, okay, well maybe, maybe there is no clock here. Maybe the clock's already run out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we didn't try again for another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and all during that year, we were like, do we want to put ourselves through this again? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, I would say the advice I would give that person would be um, work on yourself. Uh, don't try to fix everybody. And don't worry. You know, what hap- whatever happens will be will happen for Divine purpose. Everything is divine purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, as I'm looking back on my own 35-year-old self, I'm realizing, well, first of all, the butterfly effect. I've been thinking about that one. Uh uh I think the butterfly effect is great. I'm not worried about the butterfly effect at all. In fact, I'm counting on it. Did you see the movie? I don't need to see the movie. Mm, you might want to see the movie. <laughs> no, I, there's, there's lots of scare stuff out there. I mean, scare movies have been around for years. The, my my thought is, I want my my past self to be developing. I want myself to be developing in ways that affect me to today. Yeah, and and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and the message I want to give to my 35 year old self is, look look at the advice I gave to you when you were 15. Look how it worked out. You've been following mm-hmm. your passion. Mm-hmm. How's that worked? Well, it's yeah. working great. Good. See, yeah. going. You know, you're on the right path here. See, you, like I told you when you were in your 20s, you are enough. You really are, right? How cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> in other words, I want to continue to encourage the behavior that I had encouraged early on and that my younger selves said, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if my younger self was fighting me all the way, then I probably, my first piece of advice would be, Advice would be a question like, do you really want advice from me? Because you didn't follow the advice the first time. <laughs> you know, so do you really want to hear from me? Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe by that point, I've experienced enough pain. Like, okay, I'm willing to try, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, so that's always possible, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, I do think it falls into the first question, which is, do you want the advice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a shamanic practice called tracking. And the um, and this particular practice is when you go into journey you actually contact your older self mm-hmm. and um, and that older self is doing exactly what we're talking about right now uh-huh. where you get to talk to your older self and your older self can tell you, give you, if not advice assurances, okay. they don't, you, they, they usually don't, your, your older self doesn't usually give you specifics mm-hmm. because again, you know the the whole butterfly effect thing. You know, that's all we're in a place. But if, they're, <laughs> but if they're you're tracking and you find that they're in a place where you don't want to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you can change it. Right. Then, then you then you can like, oh wait a second, that 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 older version of myself is actually not in a better place. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to change some of that. But if they're in a better place, the they'll the advice is usually no, you got this. No, you got this. No, no, you don't need to doubt yourself. You got this. Yeah. So, Alex, I got to ask you, what is it about this movie, The Butterfly Effect, that you really that, that makes you scared of, of the whole thing? Like, like, said, oh God, I got to stay away from this. What is it about well, that, that really you really don't? Bas- want? Basically, it was like um, 
They went, they would go back into the past and try to avoid the, avoid the current future that they were in. And -hmm. everything they did to try to avoid it created another, another, uh, timeline where things got worse. And then every time they went back to fix that, that got worse. And then, Mm -hmm. so it's like, yeah. (laughs) Well, but to me, there's an LOA message in there and that's why I brought it up. Right. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the LOA message is you keep focusing on what it is you don't want. Right. Yeah. How can you ever possibly produce a result that you're going to like out of that? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the, actually, the whole TV series, The 12 Monkeys, was that way. I never watched it. You've never watched 12 Monkeys? Oh, my God. Nah, wasn't that was into the whole, it. That was, yeah. And also, um, the um, Travelers. Same thing. I hated The Travelers. I watched it, but I hated it. Oh, love that show. <laughs> Absolutely love that show. Uh, it's canceled, FYI. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I think that spoiler's already out. Yeah. <laughs> but that uh, butterfly yeah. effect, I mean, I, I, no, I haven't watched it at all, so I don't really know the ins and outs of it. But um, mm-hmm. I knew enough about it to know that it was a, a negative spiral. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, to me, is there's a great lesson in there. And, mm-hmm. and that is, it doesn't matter whether you're dealing with past and future or just dealing with the present. Mm-hmm. You you go on a negative spiral, you're going to get a negative spiral. Right. You, you can't keep going on. I got to make this terrible life better, and hope that you're going to make the life better by doing that. Well, see, there's with the loopholes and things. It was like, okay, we did this, and now I have the perfect life. However, um, I don't know. My son got hit by a car, so now I got to right. go back and try to fix this. But then, if I do that, I'll never meet my wife. And you know, it's it's things that, like but that. That is LOA right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we, we tend, people tend to think about the, using the law of attraction as a deliberate creator as I want A, so I will only focus on A and my results will be about A. Right. But it's never that way. No. Mm-hmm. It's always about my vibration is high, low, or medium. If my yep. vibration is high, I'm getting a lot of good stuff. If my vibration is medium, I'm getting a mixture of stuff. If my vibration is low, I'm getting a bunch of stuff I don't like. Mm-hmm. And it's not about just a, a, an A to A correlation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if you go back, even if you manage to finally find that perfect wife, if you go back with the idea of fixing this bad life you've got, you're still going to get negative consequences, even if you get part of it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was the focus that was wrong. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't that they they installed a perfect wife. It's that the focus was, i got to change this bad life I've got. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just, to, um, just to go back to 12 Monkeys for a moment, the whole idea of that one is they were in a future where most of the – Population got wiped out by this mega virus, mm-hmm. and during the process of going back in time to try and fix it, they ended up causing the very virus. The mega virus, yeah. yeah. I do remember that part. <laughs> yeah, so so perhaps maybe start with a movie that doesn't have the premise of we're going to eliminate a mega virus. Right. Mm, back to the Future. Yeah, you know, that that's really just not terribly helpful premise to work with. <laughs> Well, yeah, Back to the Future, there was no intention of changing the past. Right. <laughs> well, Biff had, Biff had an intention of changing the past. But... Right, Biff did. No, yeah. no yeah, Biff but... had an intention of changing the future. Well, both, actually. Yeah. 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 He wanted to change his young future. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Yeah. And what he ended up with was, well, there's an interesting parallel, too. We're running out of time to do this show, but we could do a whole thing on that one and people who get what they want and they like it, but nobody else does. <laughs> well, that sounds like everybody else's problem. Not mine. <laughs> can only please one person a day. And today happens to be my day. 
<laughs> That's a much healthier approach, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Thank so you. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Just a reminder, if you're not yet a subscriber to This Insanity, please become one. Lots of ways to do it because we're on all the different platforms that you can find for podcasts. But the easy way, just go to our homepage, LOAToday.net. Follow the instructions and like that. You're a subscriber. Share the fact that you're subscribing. Alex, tell people quickly how to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, go to LOA Today podcast videos on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. Next to the subscribe button, there is an always button, a little bell, and click that bell so you will always be notified when we are live. And then just a little heads up, I won't be available to do next Tuesday's show because we're going to be traveling back from Virginia to my mom's memorial service that we're attending Ah, over the weekend. So Tuesday morning, I mean, there's an outside chance I could be available to do it, but I can't guarantee it. So I'm saying let's just postpone until next week. Yeah, let's let's, let's just go with it. So it'll be two weeks from now that I'll be talking to you guys, but uh, it's going to be a long wait, but I'll be looking forward to it. So hope you guys have a good two weeks. Woohoo! You too. All right. Yeah, sounds good. So anyway, thank you very much. Thanks to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.